Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Through the Bible with Les Feldick, an inspirational and informative half hour of insight into the heart of Scripture. In addition to teaching the Bible, Les is a full-time rancher, having a down-to-earth practical teaching style that makes the Bible come to life. All programs are available on audio tape, videotape, and in printed form. At the end of the program, there will be an address where you can contact the ministry. And now, here's Les Feldick with today's lesson. And so everything falls in place to fulfill, of course, the eternal purposes of God, which was the cross. But I've used the expression, he made a valid offer. They could have had the king, but they just refused to see him. And so all through these first three or four signs, the nation is still in a position where they could have repented, they could have recognized who he was, and they could have experienced the fruition of all the promises. By the time we get down to the account of Lazarus, then, of course, it's evident. They're not going to accept him. They are getting ready to reject him in crucifixion. They're going to call for his death. Now, I think it's also amazing that after the crucifixion and his resurrection, he again still spends 40 days appealing to the nation of Israel, of course, through primarily the twelve or the eleven. Judas is gone. And then as you come into the early chapters of Acts, Peter and the eleven continue to plead with the nation of Israel to recognize the one they crucified was the Messiah. That's the whole theme in those early chapters. And so God as yet has not canceled the nation of Israel, and everything is still within a prospect, at least, that they could have the king and the kingdom, although Christ, of course, knows what they're going to do. Now then, as he come into chapter 21, this will be after his death, burial, and resurrection. And we'll begin right at verse 1. And I want you to pick up the, the mindset of these 11 men. Now, it's still only 11. Judas is gone and Matthias isn't in yet. But chapter 21, verse 1, after these things, in other words, all of the signs that he has performed and all of the things attendant with his crucifixion and everything else, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, Sea of Galilee. And on this wise, he showed he himself. They were together, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. You know, I think that is classic. Do you all realize what that is indicating? What does Peter now expect from the Messiah? Nothing. So where is he going back to? Well, his old life of fishing. I mean, it's all done. That was just three years in frustration. And so he says to the others, I'm going fishing. 
After all, that's where he made his living. And they said unto him, what? Oh, Peter, now wait a minute. He's going to be back. He's going to be raised from the dead. Hold on. Nah. They don't know any different. And so they say, we'll go with you. And they go right back to where they had been before. And so they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. Now, don't picture a great big battleship. Don't picture a great big fishing boat like they use today. It was a small little vessel. But uh, anyhow, it was large enough to accommodate this group of men and their nets. And so that night, they caught how much? Nothing. Underline that. Nothing. Now, I know it's one thing to go fishing with a rod and reel and a hook and a worm and go all day and catch nothing, but with a net? I, I think that must be next to impossible to never catch a single fish net fishing, but on nothing. Verse 4, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat, any food? And they answered, No. Can't you just hear them? Have you ever talked to a fisherman that's been fishing all day and caught nothing? <laughs> hey, fishermen haven't changed. And these guys are no different. I'll bet that was the biggest sound of disgust that they'd ever said. All night and nothing. No, nothing. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right hand of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. Verse 7. Now, you know, as soon as things happen, minds start clicking, don't they? And old John's was ringing a little faster than the others, and so he says to Peter, It's the Lord. Who else could know that all of a sudden there's a school of fish right off the right-hand side of the boat? It's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. Now, I always have to qualify that. He wasn't Scott, stark naked. He wasn't in his birthday suit. He had merely removed his outer garments. I think much like a lot of young guys would do today if they're putting their boat into the water or they're taking it out. They may take off their trousers or something like that, but they don't strip down to start nakedness, nor were these men, I think, under these circumstances. But they had removed their outer clothing. And he did cast himself into the sea, and the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, as it were, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon. Now, where'd those fish come from? Not out of the net, but what was there? Everything ready. Everything was already prepared. Now, remember, all up through the Old Testament, what is Israel being promised? The king and the kingdom. Now, this kingdom is on earth. A lot of people don't understand that, but anybody in my class very long will. This kingdom is on this earth. Jerusalem will be the capital. Israel will be the top nation of the nations. That's their prospect. And by the time the nation is brought into that kingdom experience, everything is going to be ready. They're not going to have to work by the sweat of their brow to get the nation restored after the tribulation. 
everything is going to be ready, even as breakfast was when they came to shore. And then verse 10, Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Verse 11, And so Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, not a bunch of little offspring, but full-grown, large fish, 153. Now, I've been trying to find a significance for this particular number, and I can't find the 153 per se, but I think the reason the Lord has seen fit to number it in Scripture is to show that not one single Jew is going to miss the ingathering for the kingdom. That's the only way I can look at it. And we'll look at some verses in the Old Testament here in a second. But nevertheless, remember now, the net is full. Not a single fish is going to be lost. Contrary to Luke chapter 4, when they cast the net at the Lord's command, as we pointed out a couple of programs, what happened? The net broke and the fish all got away. Well, that was indicative of Israel's history, you know. Nothing, nothing really gelled for them. They never enjoyed all the promises that God had given. But now the net doesn't break. Not a single Jew that is intended to go into the kingdom is going to be lost. And yet, though there were so many, was not the net broken. All right, turn back with me to Ezekiel 37, if you will. It's a chapter that we've looked at so often, in, in, especially in prophecy. And it's the vision of the dry bones. And then if you happen to run across Amos on your way back there, why well, then uh, drop in there, if you will. We'll look at a verse in Amos chapter 9. But first, Ezekiel chapter 37. <coughs> Ezekiel chapter 37. And you all know the account of the dry bones in the opening verses. And how they began to shake, they finally came together, they formed, and then the skin came on them, but as yet no breath. Well, that's just a picture of the nation of Israel coming back out of their dispersion, as we've been seeing them do now for the last 30, 40, 50 years. But as yet the breath hasn't been breathed into them, they're still spiritually dead. All right, now you come into verse 11 of Ezekiel 37. Verse 11. And then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. How many? All of them. Not minus the ten lost tribes, like a lot of people like to think. But every tribe is going to be represented in their return. God knows who they belong to. The whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we are cut off. In other words, they've been out in dispersion for so long. They have lost their national identity as a nation. And they as if they were in graves. They were nationally dead. And that's all this vision is showing, that the day is coming when the whole house of Israel will be brought back to life nationally. Not that the Jews are going to be resurrected and then come back, but the nation, as they come out of the dispersion amongst the Gentiles, will fill up the land. All right, now verse 12. 
Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. Now, that just simply means living Jews out amongst Gentile nations. God's going to bring them back to their homeland. And I will cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, shall put my spirit in you. You shall live. I shall place you in your own land. All the United Nations can do whatever they want with it. Syria can demand whatever they want. The Egyptians may tell everybody what has to be done. But in the final analysis, God's going to do it His way. And the land of Palestine or the Middle East belongs to the sons of Abraham. And the Lord says, I've spoken it, performed it, and it's going to happen. Now, when he gets ready to bring the saved of Israel, which will only be a remnant, you know, and it's not going to be every Jew that's living. But when God brings that remnant into the nation of Israel, not a one is going to be lost. Just like that net full of fishes, not a one flopped out. And that's why I think the count was given 153. Not a one was missed. All right, now if you'll turn over to the right from Ezekiel and find Amos. Now, Amos is right after Hosea, Joel, and then Amos. Amos chapter 9. And I think this says it all. This says it all. Amos chapter 9, verse 9. Now, those are mental crutches. Some people wonder how I remember these scripture verses. Well, use crutches. Here you got two nines, see? Nine, nine. Well, that's not that hard to remember. Amos 9, 9. For lo, I will command and I will sift. See? It isn't going to be every Jew. I will sift the house of Israel among all nations like as corn or grain is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. What does that say? Not a kernel of what God wants to keep is going to be lost. Not a single fish was lost out of that netful. Not a single Jew that is ordained to go into the kingdom is going to miss it. Now, that's the sovereign God. And so, everyone that God has ordained to go into the kingdom is going to find his place in it. God has spoken it. All right, now then, let's come back to John, and uh, we'll finish the chapter. And I know I'm not going to have time what I had intended to do this last half hour, but... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough here. Ten minutes left, Sharon. Is that where you are? Maybe I can do both of them yet anyway. But in John 21, again, after they brought the fish up, and the Lord has breakfast ready. Now, it doesn't give it here, but in Luke's gospel, what does the Lord do with them? He eats. He ate. Now, that's in his resurrection body. 
And the only reason I'm always emphasizing that is because, you see, in that new resurrected body, which will be the kind of body we will have for the eternal state, he was able to eat and drink. He conversed. They saw him. They touched him. He was tangible. And yet, he could be here one second and miles away the next. Now, those are all prospects, you see, of what we're going to enjoy one day as our new resurrected body. And then, of course, as you finish the chapter here, and, and I don't want to spend the time on that. You've all heard sermon after sermon on it. When he confronts Peter then with, do you love me more than these? Now, I've heard some preach that the these were his fellow disciples. Uh-uh. Where was Peter's love? Fish. That was his occupation. He loved that Sea of Galilee. He loved his occupation. And the Lord knew that. In fact, when Peter back in, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 19, uh, Peter was with fishing like I am with ranching, you know. I know the Lord's got a lot of things for me to do, and, and maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't uh, even feel that I can keep the, my first love. I shouldn't call it first love, but I, I do. I love my ranching, and I love my cattle and, and all that, and I'm just glad the Lord lets me continue on with both sides of the, of the dish, as it were. But Peter, you see, in Matthew 19, now he says, Now, Lord, we left everything... What was he talking about? His fishing, his occupation, which he loved. He says, to follow you. Now, what are we going to have there for? Well, he wasn't talking about salvation. He was talking about reward, you know. And what did the Lord say? Well, when I come into the kingdom, you're going to sit on the twelve thrones, ruling the twelve tribes of Israel. So never lose sight of the fact that Peter loved his fishing. And then, of course, the Lord goes on and tells him how he was to feed the sheep, which, of course, he does. When we get into the book of Acts, who in the world is Peter addressing? The Jews. The Jews, not Gentiles. Oh, I shake people up when I say some of these things, but I say it on the basis of the book, and no one has been able to convince me otherwise. Peter never had a ministry to Gentiles except the one time, the house of Cornelius. That was all. After that, he confined his ministry to the Jew, as the Lord says here that he was to feed the sheep. Well, I know I'm going to get myself in a bind, but what I intended to do for the next half hour, and I'll see if I can do it in six minutes. So get ready for a fast run through Scripture, and it's going to be fast. We're going to tie all this together because it still all fits. It's not way out in left field at all, but we're going to see the seven IMs of Israel's need in the Old Testament and compare it, if we have time, with the seven IMs that Jesus claimed to be in the book of John. <laughs> so we've got to look up 14 references in six minutes. That's a reference every 30 seconds, isn't it? All right, let's start back in Genesis chapter 20. Well, where did he offer Isaac? 22. Genesis 22. And here we have the account of the ram caught in the thicket. And he didn't have to kill Isaac after all. And when Abraham realized that the sovereign God provided the sacrifice in verse 14 of Genesis 22, <clears throat> Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Jehovah-Jireh meant, I am your 
provider. Remember, Jehovah's contracted is the I am. I am your provider. That's what Jireh means in the Hebrew. All right, next one is Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Exodus 15, I'm just going to do these quickly now. Exodus 15, verse 26. And they have just come out of Egypt with all of their pagan diseases. And now the Lord says, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and do what thou hast right and nice in his sight, and wilt give ears to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord of Jehovah that healeth thee. And in the Hebrew it was Jehovah Rapha, R-A-P-H-A. I am the one who healeth thee. Next one is Exodus 17. Just turn the page. 17 and drop down to verse 18. And here they have just defeated the Amalekites when Hur and Aaron held up Moses' arms. You know that one. And then Moses, verse 15, built an altar, and he called the name of it Jehovah Nissi which means, I am your banner. That's in Exodus 17, verse 15. I am your banner. Today we would call it a flag. Next one is in Judges 6.24. Judges 6.24, and it's the account of Gideon when he had defeated the armies that were about to destroy Israel. And after the... After Gideon had destroyed the enemy, in chapter 6, drop down to verse 24, Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. You all know what Shalom means, peace. And translated, it's in the Hebrew, I am your peace. Meeting every need now of the nation of Israel. The next one is Psalms 23, verse 1. You all know that without even looking it up. Psalms 23, verse 1 where we read it as, The Lord is my shepherd. The Hebrew would read it, Jehovah Reha. A-R-A-H dash A-H, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah, the I Am, is your shepherd. Jeremiah 23, 6. Jeremiah 23, Verse 6. Oh, I believe I'm going to make it. Here again, he, Jeremiah is looking forward to the kingdom. And in verse 6, Jeremiah 23, he writes, In his days Judah shall be saved, Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In Hebrew it would be Jehovah Sidkenu. T-S-I-D-K-E-N-U. Jehovah Sid Tanu. And then the last one in the Old Testament is Ezekiel 48. Ezekiel 48, and we come all the way down to the last chapter. No, there's one more in the Old Testament. I'm sorry. Ezekiel 48, verse 35. Now, this is the kingdom. They're all set. And it was round about 18,000 measures. That is, this new temple. And the name of the city from that day shall be Jehovah Shammah. 
In other words, I am there. Now that concludes the seven I am's intrinsic to Israel's need in the Old Testament. All right, now we've got a minute left. Let's try John. We won't hit them all, but we'll get some of them, and you can find the rest of them. In John chapter 6, and there are seven I am's again. Just like there were seven in the Old Testament, there are seven in the book of John. The first one is in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 35, where he says, I am the bread of life. The next one is in chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Chapter 10, verse 7, I am the door of the sheep. The next one is, I am the good shepherd, in verse 11. And then in chapter 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Now I'm rushing. Chapter 15, I am the true vine. Now that's seven I am's in John's Gospel. And then you get to the book of Revelation, chapter 22, you have the eighth one, the new beginnings, I am the bright and morning star. Night is past, eternal day is coming. Thank you for joining us again for Through the Bible with Les Felding. If you'd like to order audio tapes, videos, or any of our printed material, you may do so by writing Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. That's Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. Or you can call us toll-free if you'd like at 1-800-369-7856. That's 1-800-369-7856. Remember, this is a faith ministry, and your participation with us is greatly appreciated. Again, our address is Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. And our phone is 1-800-369-7856. Thanks again for listening, and please join us next time for Through the Bible with Les Feldick. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.